Ahoy, mateys, and welcome to another episode of I'm Ready, a SpongePod Squarecast. My name is Captain Eric, and we are continuing our sail through the second season of SpongeBob SquarePants. Some quick news today dropped that SpongeBob SquarePants Krusty Cookoff was coming to the Nintendo Switch. Now, this is the extra crusty edition of Krusty Cookoff, and I don't know how many of you have checked out Krusty Cookoff, but it's a pretty decent uh, handheld game, mobile game, iPad game, uh, where you take on the role of SpongeBob SquarePants. Uh, and various other characters as they make peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and cook at the Krusty Krab and so on and so forth. You move on to many different dishes that you're creating. And it's it's like Diner Dash. It's one of those uh, multitaskers. You're you're constantly doing something and making sure everybody's being taken care of. It's a it's a wonderful little time waster. And if you know, it, it's free. It's a free download. And the point of it being a free download is to, to, yeah, get you to spend money in the game, either if you really want the costumes the characters wear or if you want to power up your kitchen because the 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 curve on this game is like a lot of freemium games. They throw a difficulty curve at some point very early on to get you, to hook you, to start spending money on it. Um, and then it becomes a waiting game. It's like, hey, do you want to spend five bucks right now? Or do you want to wait 12 hours to play again? And you make that decision. If you want to spend money on the game, so be it. It's your money. Do it Do it what you please. Uh, if you want to wait the 12 hours, you can. But it's a free game. So, I mean, if you wait the 12 hours, what's to complain? You don't have to spend any money on it. SpongeBob SquarePants Krusty Cook-Off Extra Krusty Edition on the Nintendo Switch is $29.99. It's $30. This is a $30 game. And when you go to check the screenshots for this game, um, it looks, you know, hey, to give credit where credit's due, the presentation of this game is not in question. The quality is top notch. Uh, but when you go to like the costumes section, I see DLC as a clickable option and I still see all of the same currency that they have in the mobile game. So. Uh, unless the currency is easier to achieve in this game and, and this isn't just a one-to-one -one port that they're just charging an extra $30 on top because it's SpongeBob SquarePants. I mean, if that ends up being the case, if they literally took this free mobile game, charged 30 bucks for it to be able to play it on your Nintendo Switch, and none of the time requirements, the money, the extortion parts are, are changed at all, uh, wow. That would be that would legitimately be crazy. But who knows? Like, I think maybe they changed up how things work out and, you know, that you can easily get more currency by playing the game and the and the difficulty curve is not as bad. And there's more levels like I, I, I'll have to check it out eventually. And that that makes me shiver because I'm a frugal person and 30 bucks is a lot like I love SpongeBob. $30 is a lot just because I'm worrying the worst of this game, but uh, I'm going to have to review it at some point here for the show. So uh, I'm, I'm going to have to buy it. I'm going to wait for like maybe a good digital sale, but uh, I, no one's going to fault me for that. Hopefully. I don't know if I mentioned this on the podcast recently, but I had this crazy fig pin story uh, that happened a few weeks ago at target. Um, now, because I, I work near a target, I'm frequently, in this target and in their little like nerd collectibles section of pops and 
uh, action figures and McFarlane, you know, uh, big statues and Gundams and they, they targets doing wonderful work in, in their department there. Um, but one of the things they sell is fig pins and fig pins are great. If you're a collector of fig pins, um, they, they're wonderful quality. They, they, I feel like in some ways they are, are worth spending extra money on. But for me and myself, I don't feel like spending that kind of money on a fig pin. It's like $15 for this thing. Um, and recently they put out a line of SpongeBob ones and I was just, I, I don't, I love SpongeBob and I like having SpongeBob things in my house, but I don't want to coat my house in SpongeBob stuff. And at some point there's collectibles like that, that I just have to, you know, question of, okay, how do, how can I display this without it being too much? And, uh, honestly, I couldn't find a reason, but, uh, so I didn't buy into the SpongeBob set at all, but I'm at target this one day and, there's a fig pin right next to me and it's a Patrick fig pin. And I pick up the Patrick fig pin and the pose of it looks different, but it doesn't immediately click. And I go, okay, maybe, maybe I'll collect this. I'll, I'll see how much they are. Maybe they're on sale this week. Target's pretty good with that kind of stuff. So I go and scan the fig pin and yeah, it's still 1499. I'm not gonna, you know, I've just made that decision. I'm not buying it. The next day I find myself in a situation where I am able to very cheaply get the other four characters in the set being SpongeBob, Squidward, Sandy, and Mr. Krabs, who also has Plankton on him. Uh, I'm able to get those four at an extremely low deal, but for some reason, Patrick is just not involved. And I was like, you know what? Okay, fine. I'll do that, and I'll bite the bullet, and I'll go buy Patrick. So I go back to that Target, and this is the next day, and I'm looking all around the, the section of collectibles, and I cannot find this thing anywhere. There's other fig pins around, but there's no Patrick. I'm looking up and down aisles, and I just go, okay, fine, I guess I'll look online and, and go to eBay and get a Patrick fig pin. And I look it up, and seems that there is a, a Chase Patrick in this line of fig pins. Now, for those that do not collect anything at all uh, or do not collect pops or fig pins or anything like that, don't know what a chase is, is once in a while they'll take a design they really like and they'll either add glitter to it or make it glow in the dark or change up the colors to reference something else or make a completely different pose for that one figure. And that'll be its chase. And usually in a set, you know, you'll you'll get like six of that character and only one of them will have that one special quality to him. So this Patrick is I, I don't know if fig pins are one out of six, but the normal Patrick fig pin is really happy. And the uh, the chase one is a really dull looking Patrick star. Uh, so when I look it up and notice this, I completely like, wow, this the, I was so frugal. I missed out on something. Uh, that would have been really cool to have that I didn't even know existed. Uh, after another 10 minutes of looking, I ended up finding the, the Patrick fig pin in a bin of hot wheels, just laid on top as if someone just tossed it in there. Uh, so I lucked out in that regard and everything as well. But uh, <laughs> if you're a collector out there, just, just be careful. Sometimes uh, don't go with your gut. Uh, and, and if need be, just check Google, you know, just to see if you're passing up on something like that. 
Uh, but before we get into today's episode of No Free Rides, we're going to take a quick break. And when we get back, we're going to hop in our very own uh, uh, Bodies and ride away, ride into No Free Rides. But more importantly, this is the last test for the year. And if SpongeBob does not pass this one, it means another whole year of boarding school! Aww. What happened? Magic Conj, will I ever get to meet Tom Kenny? Maybe someday. Oh, so you're saying there's a chance. Okay, okay. Should I tell fans of the show how they can support us? Yes. Goofy Goobers, supporting the show is shockingly easier than catching a blue jellyfish. Right from our Anchor page, anchor.fm slash spongepod, you can find links to all of our social media and a support button if you happen to have a few extra clams. Also follow us on twitch.tv slash spongebobpodcast, where it's not only the official home to our sister show, Video Bob Game Pants, it's also where I stream live drawings of various Nickelodeon characters and host the opportunity for commissions and giveaways. Lastly, the official merchandise store is now open at redbubble.com slash people slash spongepod, where various designs will be uploaded in Inspired by our show, including our official logo, which is now available on a multitude of products like t-shirts, stickers, duvet covers, and even a shower curtain. This is a podcast by a fan for fans and will always be fan-driven. Any way you see fit on supporting our show is much appreciated. Thank you and enjoy. Okay, Mrs. Puff, what's my final score? Six. Woo! And how many do I need to pass? Six. Hundred. What? Six hundred. Welcome back to the show. No Free Rides is the 30th episode of SpongeBob SquarePants, part one of the 30th episode. It first aired on April 14th, 2001, and was written by Aaron Springer, C.H. Greenblatt, and Doug Lawrence. What an eclectic group of writers there. As this is one of my favorite episodes of season two, th this has a lot of lasting moments and, and all of those jokes still hit 20 years later. Um, in this episode, it, it, it's one of those episodes I've mentioned many times on this podcast. I love when things start going into madness and get crazier and crazier. And, and as much as I love the quiet episodes uh, with SpongeBob, Patrick, and Squidward. I also like the ones where you take a concept and you run with it. You know, look at Bubble Stand, which which I regarded as one of the best SpongeBob episodes of all time. It takes the idea of the Bubble Stand and brings it to a, a level in which Squidward's entire home was taken out of the ground in a giant bubble and lifted high above uh, uh, the seabed, the sea floor. It started very simple and blew up in, in a massive way. And I like those kind of episodes. And this is an episode that just tackles a very simple idea of, of Mrs. Puff just pushing, like, what if she just gave him his license? Uh, now, granted, a lot of the issues that end up plaguing the, the rest of this episode all happened to the hands of Mrs. Puff herself. A lot of this could have been avoided. Of course, the whole episode could have been avoided by Mrs. Puff just, you know, accepting her, her civil duty to to have SpongeBob again the following year. Um, I, I kind of feel bad. We all feel bad for Mrs. Puff. I feel bad for Mrs. Puff. Um, I, I mean, other than SpongeBob, which you 
get to see is a constant failure. We have to assume that everybody else who is driving safely on the road at Bikini Bottom uh, went through Mrs. Puff's boating school. So she's doing good for everybody else. She's doing a decent job of being a driving instructor, but SpongeBob is SpongeBob. And it's uh, practically a rule that he will never get his license realistically. I mean, we have episodes like this in which he, he gets his license, but, you know, by the end of the episode, it's it's taken away and everything goes back to normal. Uh, what I really liked about the episode is just the way the, the jokes land, the, the lengths they were going to for some of this humor. To start off the bat, the fact that this episode starts off with SpongeBob hitting the cameraman our narrator, the French narrator, who is now a physical character in Bikini Bottom, taping what we're watching. Uh, so I guess with what we're going through is that this is a an office-style documentary in which there's a crew underwater just recording the shenanigans of an undersea sponge. But we're not going to go down that road, but it's still an absolutely funny joke. And especially SpongeBob's reaction right after it. Like, he hits this guy and knocks him down. And he's just like, what happened? Like, absolutely genius comedic work there from Tom Kenny and from the writers. I don't know if that was an ad lib, but just abs absolutely funny. Um, SpongeBob is shown in a very annoying light in this episode, but in a good way. The good kind of annoying that uh, you can understand why other characters like Squidward and Mrs. Puff despise him. But uh you still love SpongeBob. Like you, you can look past the annoyance there. Uh, he's just overtly positive in this episode. Uh, they're at the final driving test of the year. We're told that just like how this is presented as a regular school once in a while for SpongeBob, there's there's an end point. There's there's an end point, and then there's summer vacation. And I guess she starts back up in the fall. Uh, SpongeBob has this last chance to to somehow graduate, but I, I don't know if, you know, even if he fully passed this test, I'm sure Mrs. Puff would pass him regardless. But realistically, I don't know if it if it would be enough if he just did it on the last try. But I, I guess in some ways, the final test is really all that matters. He, of course, crashes the boat uh, when he finds out he has a few seconds left. He, you know, does a ditch effort, which causes an even bigger crash. And after a very funny sequence of points confusion on SpongeBob's end, he's told, hey, you failed uh, and sent off in which SpongeBob gets really annoying about having to come back for another year. And Mrs. Puff immediately thinks of extra credit, a way to just get SpongeBob enough points, quote unquote, to get him out of the door and out of her life forever. Uh, this whole sequence is just drawn out with some with really smart comedic moments, like classic comedy stuff. Uh, that is just timeless. SpongeBob constantly breaking his pencil and having to come back to the paper. Uh, SpongeBob, you know, being confident in the paper, but then not confident in the paper. There's a lot of back and forth. Um, in the end, it doesn't matter because even though whatever was written on the paper, Mrs. Puff was going to ac accept it anyway. I mean, when she eventually gets the paper in hand, there's nothing really to look at, but she still passes him. Uh, the, the test, by the way, was to write a sentence that started with what I learned in boating school and writing three more words. Uh, that was it. And SpongeBob had trouble doing that, obviously. 
Uh, but he, he gets a pass. He gets his license. Probably one of the coolest moments, one of the coolest Easter eggs, if you've been paying attention to SpongeBob, is the fact that when he gets his license, he licks it and he says, uh, it tastes like I dreamt it would. And if you remember in the episode Sleepy Time, when SpongeBob jokingly gets his license in a dream, he licks the license. This is a, an absolutely beautiful callback to a previous episode. And uh, one is, if you if you don't even see it coming and you catch it, it's just one of those wonderful early Easter egg moments for for SpongeBob fans. Uh, I, I love that. I love that they did that. I love that they threw that in. It, it always makes me smile because it's just you you don't see that you see it more now these days that they reference other episodes. But something like this is deep cuts like they paid attention like they wrote that down somewhere. The second he they had him lick it like, OK, if he ever holds a real license, he's got to do this. Uh, so Mrs. Puff, though, after giving him his license, goes through a, a complete mental breakdown in the thought process of what she has committed. She has given SpongeBob a absolute terrible driver, a license who will then have eventually a boat to drive around town and cause havoc. But that's her saving grace is that SpongeBob doesn't have a boat when she gets home. And this is also the first episode that we get to see her house in. She is greeted by the SquarePants family, Mr. SquarePants, Mrs. SquarePants, SpongeBob SquarePants, and a giant cake thanking Mrs. Puff for her wonderful job teaching SpongeBob over the years. Uh, the, the end result of this party being that the parents have bought in SpongeBob a brand new boatmobile. Uh, absolutely, I have to shout out uh, SpongeBob's parents here, Harold and Margaret, absolutely wonderful in their roles in this episode just just super like we don't get to see them a ton but every time we do I, I feel like they're used well uh harold here overly kissing mrs puff's hand uh definitely a, a you know a little bit of an adult joke moment there uh for the for the parents in the room uh but due to the shock of getting the new mo boatmobile spongebob uh hits his head and is unfortunately out for the night but of course that doesn't last long uh, the second Mrs. Puff sees that he is a boatmobile, her goal is to to get rid of that boatmobile, to steal it and get it away from SpongeBob. Um, now, SpongeBob goes from having a brain injury to immediately just squeezing out of those dressings he had on his head uh, right into his boat. He sneaks out at night. Now, here's the one thing the saving grace was his parents told him, like, hey, you can't drive for a little while. Now, who knows how long that could have been, but... You know, Mrs. Puff didn't immediately run out this night. She at least would have had some extra time here. Um, but both both characters meet up pretty much at the boat. Uh, SpongeBob a little before her, he beats her to the punch. Uh, but he he calls it Bodie. It's 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 his it's his friend. It's his pet or his I don't know family. Uh, he offers Bodie his socks and just it's a f absolutely funny little moment. And it's kind of cute to see SpongeBob with his with his boat. Uh, he, he clearly, I think he would be a good boat owner. I, I'm not sure about uh, the driving. I mean, although we've seen him drive in the SpongeBob movie, uh, you don't need a license to drive a sandwich. I understand that. But anyway, uh, Mrs. Puff eventually shows up in a ski mask and apparently has carjacked before because uh, when she decides she has to steal the boatmobile, she mentions that she has at least one time before had to leave town, like change towns and change her name. 
she she drops this bomb. I don't like I don't know if she she's clearly made this mistake before of prematurely giving somebody their driving license. Uh, so she is carjacked before, which apparently boatmobiles are. Uh, well, I there was just a button, which I'm just to my in my defense. In the early 2000s, there weren't many cars that had just the button press with a key fob in your in your uh, pocket or like your phone, which there's a lot of cars that have that now. So it's not weird. But the car just went. She was able to just hop in, press the button and go. The reason I stopped was I thought about the possibility of of SpongeBob having the key fob on him, which is why the car went. But they were really forward thinking on that. So honestly, canonically, I'd I'd say that's that's what's going on is that SpongeBob has the key fob somewhere on his body for Bodie, and he just happened to be there. That's why the car went. Or maybe look, maybe just boatmobiles are built like that. There's not really a key to them. I don't know. Maybe it was just that model. I I have no idea. I'm not in charge of this stuff. But anyway, Mrs. Puff steals the boatmobile as SpongeBob was sleeping in it. Um, which one thing I got to point out the the whoever's in charge of this, the art department here, did absolutely did an absolute wonderful job of when the car is driving, getting the the correct movements of the clouds and the sky. It, it it looks like it's off-putting at first, but when you actually stare at it, they did a really good job of capturing what it might look like driving at night in Bikini Bottom. Um, but uh, eventually, SpongeBob and Mrs. Puff go through this whole back and forth of stealing the boat. Um, Mrs. Puff eventually gets SpongeBob completely out of the car and sends him uh, roaming through giant clam fields, uh, giant cheese grater fields and fields and i don't say giant because we didn't get to see them but fields of educational television which apparently all exist undersea at some point now a few i mean i can imagine there's some cheese graters that fell in the ocean and are on the sea floor just so deep in the ocean that we can't reach them um but to say that there's an entire field of them out near bikini bottom i don't know i doubt it uh, eventually the two scuffle and the, the car, uh, is being watched by two, it, like the cops, the, the cops that are watching this are absolutely hilarious. There's just two cops just sitting near a billboard, just kind of watching this car go absolutely nuts. Eventually the, uh, the car ends up crashing right into the cop car causing, of course, Mrs. Puff to be arrested. Uh, the end result being that SpongeBob, and Mrs. Puff are talking in prison and SpongeBob letting her know that uh, she can actually get out of prison early to, uh, to offer free boat lessons. Now I'm not sure if that is just for him or if that's just for everybody, if she just does it as a public service, but that is the episode. No free rides. Th this was, I mean, I, I got to watch this episode after a really rough day and it, and it picked my spirits right up. It's an extremely funny episode. It has extremely funny moments. They do a lot of visual gags, like when Mrs. Puff enters her uh, house and is shocked by the party. That image is now a painting on Mrs. Puff's wall. Uh, little moments like that will just always kind of make you laugh. You, you get the my leg jokes. You get SpongeBob humor. You get humor with Mrs. Puff. Uh, I, I like these episodes with her and I, I like them sparingly. I don't want to make Mrs. Puff go crazy every single season, but when they have ones like this, where, where she's really causing a lot of the issue and she's going to try to get out of it, things like that always excite me. 
uh, th- these are really fun episodes, and this was an extremely fun one. I had a lot of I had a lot of fun going back and watching this. I laughed a lot. I I'd still say it holds up after all this time. So I imagine if you're a fan out there like me, you like this episode just as much. And that is the Squarecast for this week. If you would like to write in and ask me uh, anything about the show, about SpongeBob, Nickelodeon, anything you'd like to know. Uh, you can email me at snailmail at euphonics.com, U-F-O-N-Y-X.com. Follow us on Facebook. Subscribe to us on YouTube. Uh, follow the Magic little Hans. bell there. Well, Let it go. Ring-a-ding-ding. Ready for the ready crew. Follow us oh, on so Twitter. Follow us on okay, Instagram. Okay. I love I interacting with you guys. It's, it's the best yes. part about this show. Goofy Goobers. Uh, and everything the show is on the shockingly easier no than DM catching a blue jelly business fish. going on right over here. Page, Nothing to worry about. The ship is open pod. for all to you see. Find links to but anyway, my name is Captain Eric. Thank you for joining me this week. And we will see you here Also follow us on twitch.tv slash spongebobpodcast, where it's not only the official home to our sister show, Video Bob Game Pants, it's also where I stream live drawings of various Nickelodeon characters and host the opportunity for commissions and giveaways. Lastly, the official merchandise store is now open at redbubble.com slash people slash spongepod where various designs will be uploaded inspired by our show, including our official logo, which is now available on a multitude of products like t-shirts, stickers, duvet covers, and even a shower curtain. This is a podcast by a fan for fans and will always be fan-driven. Any way you see fit on supporting our show is much appreciated. Thank you and enjoy.